3: to start listening.
4: Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live and direct from sunny Southern California, where we had something weird happen this morning. Well, the, the U.S. Open is taking place in Torrey Pines, which where I broadcast from today is hour and ten north of La Jolla, where Torrey Pines is located, but same kind of effect. It's called a marine layer where you get the June gloom. Do the June gloom with the fingers thing, right? The finger quotations, June gloom, which is where the marine layer, marine layer, or fog comes over the coastal cities and then eventually burns off as it has in Tori, and it's just beautiful. Dan Beyer will take us out there half past the hour. You just heard his update. Um, but this is, the whole thing is fascinating to me. Fascinating to me in that, Uh, We had a pop up thunderstorm earlier today. Did you guys have a pop up thunderstorm earlier today, Ramos? It was really. I did. Yes, it rained this morning. That is that is very Midwest like for Southern California. But now it is spec. The birds are chirping. The wind is blowing. What a what a spectacular day we have. Uh, And maybe it's because the Clippers came through as they always did. Right. Stop laughing. Yesterday, I told you that I don't believe in curses, except maybe the Clippers, they appear to be cursed. But all is right with the world, right? All is right with the world. Down their best player, the Clippers find a way to win a game they were supposed to lose. And of course, we knew that Paul George would come through because if there's one thing you can depend upon in the playoffs, it's playoff P coming out and Paul George performing like he did last night, 37-16, five assists. He had three three-pointers. He scored 30-plus points in the last four straight games. 46-36, 90%, 60.2% uh, percent total field goal percentage. Right, Paul George was a monster. Just like we all knew would happen, the Clippers would find a way. Oh, wait, no, that's not the Clippers. That's the beauty of sport. Now it should be pointed out that I have three witnesses who work with me on the show. One is M- Mr. Dan Byer. One is, um, uh, Gavin Kinzel. And one is John Ramos. And I believe I said repeatedly yesterday that without Kawhi, they're not winning a championship, but don't be surprised if they might win the first game playing without Kawhi Leonard, because Everyone on defense, you know, the Utah has to adjust. And then offensively, you get guys who step into bigger roles. And for a game or two games, sometimes that actually can be a benefit to the team. I did say that yesterday, right? I'm not going to sit here and said, run to the ticket booth. The three point line is off. Go and take the Clippers. I, like anybody else, was holding my breath, even when they were up late in the game, I think by six points. And you're like, yeah, I don't know if you just, I don't know if this thing is over just yet. But the Clippers go in and pull off as unlikely an upset as you're going to see, right? Utah is the team with the best record. Utah has a formidable home court advantage. They have altitude. They have great fans, and it was completely full in a complete zoo. And, heck, even Paul George has failed there going back to his last year with the Oklahoma City Thunder, his last game in the Thunder uniform. He was terrible there. This is playoff P after the game.
6: You know, it was no secret. Um, I knew I had to be big um, tonight and got to be big going forward. It, it was just no secret coming into this. And um, first put faith in God, believed in myself. My teammates trusted me. t Lou trusted me. You know, I thought we just, we, we lived in a moment. We, we just played our hearts out tonight.
4: Yeah, they did. They did. And it was, it was really special to watch. I mean, as a guy who has watched... A lot of playoff basketball. I, I've always told people this. Winning on the road is better than sex. It just is. Because, you know, you don't really tell your friends about your escapades, right? But you can tell your friends about a road win. We went in there. It was 18,000 people. And then all of a sudden, we walked out of there. And the only the owner and, like, three or four families and friends or whatever were there cheering. It's the it's the best. You walk in with a bunch of dudes. No expectations. If you win the game and you come out with a duck, it's... The best. But one of the reasons that you'd have to assume they were successful and comfortable is no expectations. Right? Did did you I said I thought it could happen, but did I have expectations of it happening? No. Gavin, you listened to me, you put a little money on, on the on the Clippers yesterday. Uh hopefully with Bet Rivers. You put a little <laughs> money you put a little
7: money on them. On the Um, money line, just like you said. Did you have expectations, though, of a win? No, I did not think they would win, especially being on the road in Utah. Clippers hadn't won there in a long time. Um, And then when Paul George, one of the most unreliable people in the NBA, is your lead dog, no, I didn't have great expectations.
4: And I I think that's generally the feeling, right? Is that nobody really expected it. And so in many ways a great way to deal with the pressure of the moment is the realization of, Hey, nobody has any expectations here. That's why it's the old expression. You're better to be the hunter than the hunt dead. All that's telling you is that expectations in many ways are what uh, are, are what uh, just weigh heavy on you, not the actual pressure of the moment, but the pressure of the expectations of the ultimate outcome. And so that's the challenge for the Clippers. Can they find a way to still play on house money? To still, hey, everybody thinks we're going to lose, and we might lose, but we're just going to go out and and try and and hoop. Try and hoop. But this is, the NBA has so long felt like to many fans, like that's what the Tim Donaghy thing really did was, It gave confirmation to many fans because if you actually look at the Tim Donaghy thing, there's his assessment of what was going to happen in a game. Like if, if there was a grand conspiracy for certain teams to win championships and win certain series, then there would have been more than just one whistleblower who happened to be fixing games in the NBA as an official. But it does feel or has felt for a long time like whether it was the, the, the frozen envelope that gave Pat Ewing to the Knicks or LeBron James to the Cleveland Cavaliers or the, the, the name brand teams that advanced in the tournament. It's felt like, hey, maybe the NBA gets what they want. And the truth is, if they got what they want, the Lakers would still be playing. The Celtics would still be playing. The Knicks would still be playing. The Bulls would be in the playoffs. And we wouldn't be left with Atlanta and Philly and Milwaukee and Brooklyn and and everything that we have. This is Ty Lue after the game.
3: Uh, I'm very proud of the guys. Like you said, to come in and play in a hostile environment. 2-2, you know, in a big playoff moment, you know, when your best player is down, I mean, it just shows a lot about our team. You know, we're not going to point the finger. We're not going to blame anyone. If anyone's to blame, I'll take the blame and take the criticism. But our players all year long have been great. You know, no bickering back and forth. When things get tough, uh, we come together. And um, that's the kind of culture I wanted to try to establish here. Just want to win. It's all about winning. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about our team and about our organization. And we just want to win.
4: I I can't tell you how impressed I've been with Ty, Ty Lu and what he's been able to do with this team. Super, 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 super impressed. And and his 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 patience, he doesn't lose his stuff, his vision, and look, Paul George was great, Marcus Morris was unbelievable, and what they've been able to do playing small is is nothing. Nothing short of game-changing. Like, this is how you got to beat Utah is how they're playing. Zubac played eight minutes, and it was a minus seven. They even played Rondo with Pat Beverly. It was not—Rondo was awful last night. But the idea is they're going to do anything they can to make sure that they nullify on some level, on some level— Rudy Gobert's ability to dominate a game in the paint. He had no block shots and he had only five offensive rebounds. Considering he was at a, sub- a substantial size advantage, Utah couldn't find a way to utilize him, nor have they been able. And the Clippers taking him away from the basket and attacking him and going downhill at him as, as changed this whole series that that's Ty Lue kids. Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports radio uh buyer I know you're busy have you seen the Twitter beef with the McCaffrey boys and Scott Frost have you seen
6: that you know I I didn't dive in depth I just saw that there was a there was something little going little on beef? between them yeah a yeah.
4: little beef maybe we'll we'll get to it a little bit later but I'm just I'll give you the head you guys the heads up to go and check out social media I, add, I how many McCaffreys are there? Christian actually tweeted about it as well. but so there's a Max McCaffrey. There's Dylan who transferred from Michigan to uh, northern Colorado and and there's, of course Luke who was he was uh, he was at Nebraska, got to play as a freshman, and then transferred to Louisville, was there for like a month, and now he transferred out as well. Where would he end up? I, I don't even know. Rice? He, rice. I like rice um rice is is very are you i'm a are you a white rice guy or a brown rice guy <laughs>
6: probably <laughs> a white rice guy okay yeah
4: um i'm watching the golf here over my shoulder this is uh uh interesting now brooks was leading last time i looked who's who's he's he still at the leader? well he
6: won't be once he finishes the uh par three third hole because he put one in the ravine and had to take a drop so he he had the lead at four under but once he finishes this hole he will no longer have the lead
4: and and just a reminder none of these guys have called me or dan byer and we performed exemplary in the the south course now are they only playing south or they play north and south they only play the south so so for the for tory pines they play the old in the old what was the farmer's insurance open they play both they switch on the but for the open they only play the south
6: Yes, and for the when when the for the farmers in January January they play the first uh, two days are on right. either south or north, and then Saturday right. and, and Saturday, Sunday Saturday, are on the south. south. Yep, right.
4: Right. south side. Okay, more from Dan Byer in a second. You get more golf scores and there's some other updates and there's a bunch of interesting stuff going on. Let's go back to last night again. The Sixers they, they were up twenty five points with fourteen minutes left. Twenty. 5 points. Now, um, in the last in those last 14 minutes, Joel Embiid won for 10. Tobias Harris 0 for 5. Ben Simmons was didn't, didn't take a field goal, but he did miss 10 free throws in the game. Over the last 25 years, the Sixers have held a 25 plus point lead all 165 games that they played. And the second half Joel Embiid and Seth Curry were the only Sixers to make a field goal. People are going to sit here and go like, you gave up 40 in the fourth quarter, of course you got beat. They scored 16 points. 16 points. In what anyone, anyone with a brain would consider just a complete stunning and utter collapse. Um. The Atlanta Hawks came in and they were down 25 and they found a way to win a game that they had in all candor, no no real right to win that. They didn't have any right to win that game. No chance. Stunning. Stun- what happened there is a stunner. Absolute stunner. I, I can't... On the other hand, it is Doc Rivers, and Doc has been in this situation before, and his teams have... Last year with the Clippers, you go back to the Celtics, they have blown big leads in the past. And remember... And look, some of this is you coach long enough things happen, but, but, but he's, he's, uh, he's blown three, three to one leads, three. There's only been 13 in NBA history and his teams have offered up three of them. That's a crazy one. And now we're back to the Colin saying they got to move on from Ben Simmons. Look, Ben Simmons has shot with the wrong hand his entire time in the NBA. Most people know this. Like, he's right-handed in everything he does except for shoot a basketball on the perimeter. All his finishers are right-handed, but he shoots a basketball left-handed. And if you can't shoot at this point, well, why not switch it over? I don't care how much time you put into shooting left-handed. It's not working. The free throw yips are really hard to get over. But the the reason they lost that game is not the defense. It's their inability. Like you just have to get, get to the free throw line with your better free throw shooters. you got to get good open looks. you got to find a way because if they're scoring 40, you get the, the way it works in basketball. You get the ball back. That's it's a, an absolute stunner. What happened and Philadelphia goes from the presumptive, you know, Eastern Conference team sitting out, waiting to now all of a sudden they're going to have to go win in Atlanta just to force a game seven. That's a wow. That's a wow. And for Trey Young, 39 more points, seven assists, and he had a bunch of help down the stretch. Danilo Gallinari and Lou Williams. Lou, Lou Williams uh, went went a little crazy last night, a plus 31. I actually believe, and I'm crazy this way, that the the Sixers – they they gotta win game six, but they also they are that much better than the Hawks. You but you cannot tempt fate. And if you remember, if you go back to last year when they had a three games to one series lead when he was with the Clippers against the Nuggets, they led big numbers going into to all to, to two fourth quarters and collapsed. And then in game seven, it, it they did have a lead, but there was no confidence in holding it.
5: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
4: I look. I fully support Naomi Osaka and her search for a positive mental health break. Right, that seems to be what she's telling us she needs. My issue was, and continues to be, like it's been made like this is a and and she did it right, but she's like, I'm not meeting with the media. Like, okay, if you're having mental health issues, we all want you to get help. But I don't understand why the media and press
6: conferences were somehow to blame for that mental health. I, I think that I I, I... I You're right. She needs all the time she needs to take to, right. to deal with all this, 100%. What I think happened, though, was just that first message of not dealing with the press... Um, I, I think that she used that, and, I, and I'm using this in a positive way, to try yes. to hide what she was going through I, and under, saying that that but, didn't but I, help but, and then just decided to say, you know what, I need to, you know, I, I need to, to step away and, it's, yeah. and the mental health thing is really hard
4: because my guess would be, my guess would be, when you're dealing with depression, right, it's like, well, you know, let's just take some time away, whatever. But the thing that she needs is she needs all those endorphins. She needs you know, she needs the dopamine that her body naturally uh, produces when she's one exercising and two in her sport. It's like, well, I don't want to play my sport because I'm going through all these. And it's that is as hard mentally a sport. I think golf and tennis, obviously the two hearts cause nobody, at least in golf, you can blame the course and bad luck or whatever. Tennis, you can't really blame anybody but yourself. You're like, you're alone on an Island there. Um, It's really hard. You take time away. And then yet
6: when you take time away, you're not getting those same endorphins that you normally get. But I I think she's continuously working out. She's just not doing it playing competitively. I mean, right. But that's where the, I mean, isn't that where the joy comes from is compete. I don't know. Like it
4: again, no, no, me take all the time you want. I just, we, we made it about the media and that was unfair to the media. And it was a far afield from what really seems to be going on with her, which is she's going through something, and she's got to get, take some time and work it out.
6: Yeah, it seems like she's having a tough time enjoying anything right now, so hopefully yeah, she can yeah. uh, she can make Hard, it through yeah, that.
5: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
4: Kyle Newbeck joins us from the Philly Voice. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Were you at the game last night?
9: I was at the game.
4: Um, okay, so... What was it like in the third quarter where those of us who are sitting at home are like, all right, what else is on? This thing's a wrap. What was it like inside the building?
9: Yeah, so it very quickly pivoted from euphoria for most of the first half. The third quarter, there's a little bit of unease because, you know, if they come out, they're playing sloppy. There's some turnovers. But they're ultimately, they're still out in front by 20-plus, and the quarter's winding down, and, and people are thinking – all right, they go down to Atlanta on Friday night and you know they take care of business and they're in the Eastern conference finals for the first time in 20 years. And then the fourth quarter starts and they just keep chipping away and chipping away. And it goes from cheers to groans to like, Oh my God, people screaming. And eventually as the game ends, they're getting booed off of their home floor and you know, rightfully so because they had just completed one of the worst collapses in, uh, Modern NBA playoff history.
4: Uh, all right. When did it start to go wrong? Was it a bad lineup? Right? Because a lot of times what happens is like, you're like, ooh, a bad, bad lineup. When did it start to go wrong?
9: Uh, I think it was a, a death by a thousand cuts type situation, but certainly to your point about lineups, when Doc Rivers had to go to the bench just to buy his starter some time, you know, they've been taxed pretty heavily in the series, particularly Joel Embiid, who's playing through a lot of health issues right now. That bench unit, even with Tobias Harris out there to prop them up, did – I could say they did nothing, but they did less than nothing. They, they let Lou Williams bludgeon them to death, and, you know, Lou Williams has done that to a lot of teams. There's no shame in Lou Williams coming in and scoring a bunch of points off the bench. The real shame of it is Atlanta was able to leave Lou Williams out there for basically the entire fourth quarter – because they couldn't punish him on the defense. Right. the defense that, that's, that's
4: that, 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 that I'm glad you brought that up. Like that's the missing and I've watched all these shows and I I'm sure it's easier to consume for people if you don't get into the weeds. I don't think it's in the weeds. Like look, well, he's like well why doesn't why has Lou Williams never really been a good starter? Like cuz he didn't guard anybody, right? So he's going to occasionally go crazy. But you have to, you have to attack. You have to make him pay. And they lost the game not because of the forty they gave up in the fourth quarter, because of the sixteen that they scored. Why was their offense so inept?
9: Well, number one, they only had two guys who even made a field goal the entire second half, which I thought was a misprint when I looked at the box score. I actually sent an email to one of Philadelphia's PR guys saying, "Look, what is happening? Is this like is this real? Did I am I seeing this correctly, or is there something going on here?" So. I was in disbelief at that after the game. I think one of the big problems, honestly, and I wrote a column about this this morning, is that you know Ben Simmons is the guy he's been for four years. They can't give him the ball in crunch time, in fourth quarters of games. They were, you know, they hacked him last night and put him on the free throw line. And during those stretches, I think Atlanta actually didn't really make much headway on the scoreboard, but they won the mental battle. They got into Simmons's head. And they convinced him, hey, look, you're going to go stand in the dunker spot. You're away from the play, away from the ball, not impacting the game. And the rest of the team basically has to play four on five. And when that's your point guard, the guy who's supposed to organize your offense, get you into your sets, have you playing with pace and so on and so forth. It's really hard to score in the half court in the playoffs in, in that sort of scenario.
4: Um, OK, how how bad was it at the end? Like what 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 is that? What is a place like when you're at home? It's supposed to be a coronating moment. It's, as you mentioned, euphoria. And then all of a sudden, eh, double zeros and they lost. What was it like in Philly?
9: Well there, were, well, there were different factions of fans, right? Like there were some people who just wanted to hit the exits and, and sort of leave that memory in the dust as quickly as possible. If they were able to do that, I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, There were certainly some people who hung around, including some who wanted to tell uh, Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris specifically how badly they played. They were (laughs) screaming at them as they left the floor. You could hear from all corners of the arena saying all kinds of stuff that, you know, you and I can't say on the radio right now, Doug. But, you know, it got ugly. And, you know, I was struck last night. I I was at Game 7 against Toronto a couple years ago, and that was obviously like a crushing loss for this franchise. But the loss last night almost felt more impactful than that game because they don't have the same excuses of youth and, hey, we're going to come back and everything will be fine next year. We'll change coaches, so on and so forth. Last night felt like a real landmark moment for this team where we're four years in and Ben Simmons is having the same problems. Joel Embiid is wearing down, down the stretch, and they're not able to get it done even as the number one seed in the East with home court advantage throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs. That's a scary thought if you're someone who believes that these two are the guys who are going to be able to lead them to a title.
4: What's the likelihood they bounce back in game six?
9: I just, you know, I, I think they're the better team, so I think there's a chance that it can happen. I don't know how you recover mentally with only a day between games. And, you know, find it within you to, to reach down deep and, and beat these guys on Friday night on the road. Especially, you know, Simmons, I think everybody can see the free throw issue. is It's, it's a mental issue. He doesn't want to go to the line. The, the, the Hawks have made that clear. They've been able to take him out of games by putting him there. He misses 10 free throws last night. I think he's missed more free throws in this series than entire teams have during the playoffs. Like, I, I don't know how you can win games when the point guard of your team is in that sort of mental state, it's not impossible, but I think it's going to be a pretty tall task for them.
4: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Let's say they don't turn it around. Let's say this is another doc rivers authored epic collapse from up 25 to out of the playoffs. What happens?
9: I don't think you'll see Ben Simmons in a Sixers uniform it, next year if that happens. I, I think they've sent signs to some degree all year that they are not happy with the, the primary initiator situation. You know, they were really in on James Harden. I think they were, they were convinced they might be able to get that deal done at one point or another. But, you know, for different reasons, that didn't come together. Uh, later on at the trade deadline, they pushed hard for Kyle Lowry to be – You know, he would have been the point guard of the team, the guy handling the ball in crunch time situations. And all that adds up to they don't trust Ben to run this team and lead this team when it really matters. You don't don't try to push chips in, including Simmons in the potential Harden trade that they might have made. You don't push chips in like that if you believe in the guys that are already on hand. So to me, if they flame out again, I just – I can't see them bringing back this core again next year. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's my read of it right now. No,
4: I, I think that's about right, right? Like, look, what, what, here's the, here's, and I talked about this for years and it's just, it's not because I have any sort of insight. Kyle Newback joining us from the Philly voice, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Portrait. Radio, talking about the collapse of the Sixers up 25. They lose at home up 25 late in the third quarter, last 14 minutes. Uh, they just fall apart and lose to the Hawks who now have a three games, two series lead. Like what happens in professional sports? All right, GM or coach are first to go. GM went, right? And there were other reasons, but the GM went. Okay, then the coach went, and then all of a sudden, now then, then the next is okay. Now we got to get rid of some of the players, and they've already kind of reshuffled the roster some, but it's more rearranging the deck chairs and the Titanic, right? Now you got to move a major, major piece, and the the challenge has always been. I, I mean, Embiid has the the better skill set, but. God, he's never healthy, and now again with with the knee. Um, what's the right piece to put alongside Embiid to 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 get this thing right?
9: So I think they need some sort of high level initiating guard, like the pipe dream, which I don't think you can make this happen at this point. Would be somebody like a Dame Lillard, but I don't think the Sixers have this sort. Like, look you and I are seeing the same thing that executives around the league are seeing, right, Doug? Right, so right. This, These are not it,
4: profound it, statements, right? They're not blind, but yes, yes.
9: Yeah, so like, so if, if we say, look, Ben has all these issues in the fourth year of being a partner to Joel Embiid, why is somebody going to part with like a legitimate star, a guy who can win in the playoffs and has proven they can win in the playoffs for a guy who has shown he will shrink in the moment every time? And that's sort of what, that it's really the difficult part about trying to construct like okay what do they do in the off season? I have no idea what fair value is for Ben Simmons and then the other side of that like I don't think that they should entertain trades for Joel Embiid but even if they they considered it and they wanted to how do you get fair value back for a guy that other teams will point out hey look that guy is never healthy when it matters he's got the checker passed and all that stuff like you can't get fair value back for them. So ultimately they're going to have to decide, are we willing to trade a quarter for maybe like three nickels and just hope that the fit around whichever star is left standing is worth making that sort of trade.
4: Fascinating. Um, Now let's say they pull off a miracle. They come back because they were up 25. You're up 25 for a reason. You're actually the better team. Let's say they win six, they come back and they win in seven, but they ultimately lose to Brooklyn or Milwaukee, whoever they play. Do you think changes are still made?
9: I, I think that would ultimately depend on how that series shakes out. Like I, I do think they probably match up well with Brooklyn, at least as far as you can match up well with a team that has three guys as good as Durant, Harden, and Irving are. But, you know, Joel Embiid is a matchup nightmare for them. They have nobody who's going to be able to guard him one-on-one. They're going to have to commit double and triple teams to him. I think ultimately if they can – if they could make Brooklyn sweat if they got to that point, you know, mm-hmm. then maybe they convince themselves, all right, another summer of we we have a real off-season. We're not really living in the, the pandemic world anymore. We can be more hands-on with Simmons and, and Embiid and all these guys. Maybe they can convince themselves that – that's the ticket but you know even getting to that series is an uphill battle right now let alone uh, being competitive in it so so we'll see
4: no question Kyle Newbeck Kyle I can't wait to talk with you again hopefully after game six let's see what this team has but that was you want to talk about a 180 that was a 180 in about 25 minutes that was unlike anything I can remember recently thanks so much for joining us on Fox Sports Radio Yeah, thanks for having me on, Doug. Kyle Newbeck, Philly Voice. Follow him on Twitter, at Kyle Newbeck is N-E-U-B-E-C-K.
5: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
4: Hey, this is Jason McIntyre.
0: Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is...
4: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day of this time, we like to uh, allow Dan Beyer to get through all the stories and present a game. This
5: is game time.
6: Beyer's time.
5: On the Doug Gottlieb Show.
6: Dan Beyer, what do you got, my man? Doug, the game today is. I feel a draft. All right. First round is underway at Torrey Pines at the U.S. Open. We are drafting who we think will win the 121st U.S. Open come Sunday night. All right. The draft order is completely random. This I have no say in this whatsoever. John Ramos has received the first pick. Doug, you are second. Then Gavin, and then myself, and then we snake back in this two-round draft. Uh, John, would
4: you, ah. would you like to trade? No, I'm okay where I'm at. <laughs> what if I offer you? What if I offer what? you absolutely nothing? Absolutely.
6: <laughs> well, you know what? That's a good thought. Uh, no, I'm okay. I'm all right. Well, you know, let me tell you this. How about I'll take the second pick and the seventh pick, and you can have the uh, first and eighth. How's that? Does that work for you? No, I'm good.
7: Okay, <laughs> there we
1: go.
4: See, <laughs> I, I tried. that a smart trade? I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I was I'm
6: good. I was trying. Uh, I'm going to take. Uh, Last year's runner up, Matthew Woof. Oh, wow. Oh, all right. He's tied for first right now. Yeah, he wasn't when I was when I put his name. He was Did tied he for say eighth. Wolf? Or, <laughs> <laughs> the guy's wolf a dog wolf.
4: out there. He's, he's a dog. I'm telling you what, he's a he's a dog. All right, Matthew Woof.
6: Okay. That's <laughs> that's my Wolf. Pick for yes. the winner of the what did you say? 128, 121st, first. Okay, sure. I think John is
7: saying that because he's scheduled to join us next Tuesday.
6: Oh, that would be. Exciting. I didn't know that.
7: Yeah. No,
4: John just picked him to win the 128th. <laughs> <laughs> That's seven years from now, he, he's, I mean, you want to talk? We should be playing. Uh, what's the one where the the uh, psychic? Yeah, psychic.
6: <laughs> All we, right, we don't even know where the 128th U.S. Open is going to be played yet.
7: <laughs> Could
4: That's be 2028. 20, we Could don't be a know.
6: Mars. <laughs> All right,
4: it might be Tory, right. It's not actually that re- unreasonable thing. Six years later, I'll be back. But, okay, anyway. Uh,
6: I'm going to go with Brooks. Brooks Kepka. That's who I thought would go number one. But, hey, you know, and I think John probably wanted to keep uh, Matthew Wolf away from you because he's an Oklahoma State Cowboy. There you go. Yeah. Southern California native uh, yep. out from uh, West Westlake area. Yeah. yeah. All right, Gavin, you are up at number three. We
7: will go. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Mm,
6: interesting. He can
7: hit it long, which is what I heard you want to do on this course. So.
6: Yes, and he is right. the defending champion, won in September at winged foot. I am going to take my pre-tournament pick, Colin Morikawa, even though he is uh, having a little rough go of it today. But I'm going to take Colin Morikawa. I think he studied the ship. And I will take Xander Shoffley, who is also near the uh, top of the leaderboard right now. So I got Morakawa and Shoffley back around to well, Gavin. Well, I,
7: I mean, Noda Begay told us, I have to take Siwoo Kim, 151 uh, to 1 <laughs> That's odds. Right. But right now, I think he's minus two on the day. I'll take that. Siwoo Kim. Siwoo Kim.
4: All right. So um, i like to phone a friend. All right. <laughs> um, can you guys call up Dan Beyer and ask him if he would go with either the Molinari's <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood's got great hair, um, or and I know he's not playing well so far. Or if you just go Phil and or or Justin
6: Thomas and say the hell with it. Yeah, you could you could do that. Also, guys like Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy, haven't teed mm-hmm. off yet. They'll yeah. you know tee off later. Today. I'm gonna go DJ. I'm gonna go Dustin Johnson. Okay, he's had right. a lot
4: of success. He's had you know obviously one notable failure, but he you talk about hitting a long way. He hits a long way. He's won majors. He's won West Coast majors. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, DJ,
6: Dustin Johnson. All right, Dustin Johnson goes in the second round, and John Ramos, to wrap up the U.S. Open winning draft or winner draft, who do you got? For the 121st, yeah. just to clarify. With one minute to go really quickly, I, I, every time I hear they say his name, I think they're talking about me. Can I take John Ramos? Is he in this? Yes, you can. Okay. You yeah. can absolutely take John Ramos, who was Rahm, the betting most... favorite entering yeah, he, was, this. he was the betting favorite. That's a smart yeah. pick.
4: He did really well. in That's game, huh? Game time. This
5: is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
4: I still want to get to that the Greens books and, and why guys don't like the green. I, I don't know. with the new laser. I don't know why the Greens books are supposed to go away. Dan can explain that to us n- next hour. Coming up next, though.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.